gather. Welcome to church. Thanks for being here today. My name is Josh, and I'm the pastor here. Uh, we are here in our new building, uh, and today we are celebrating our grand opening in person. And I just want to invite you, even if you are a person who typically uh, attends online, I understand you might live far away. Uh, it might be tough to get here. I get all that. But if you are able at all, make a plan to come and join us sometime over the next few weeks in our new space. Uh, I think you will really enjoy it, and I think it's just important for you to see it and know uh, how this operates and what we look like here uh, in person. But thank you for joining us online today, and before we get to our teaching, we're going to do like we always do and participate in our confession of faith. Uh, this is an open declaration of the kind of faith we want to have and really the kind of community we want to be. And so I'll lead us through this time, and then I'll say a prayer for us. So gather, this is the faith we are seeking. We are seeking an expansive faith. We believe our theological system should always be growing wider and including more. We are seeking a faith rooted in the person and the practice of Jesus. We believe Jesus is God and is worthy of our worship and our imitation. We are seeking a faith built on a foundation of theological minimalism. We believe in holding tight to the first things of faith and living open-handed with the rest. We are seeking a faith marked by curiosity. We believe we should always have more questions than we do answers, and we are seeking a faith filled with compassion. We believe our beliefs are never more important than the person right in front of us. So gather as we prepare to open the scriptures, let's say a prayer together. God, we are here today as seekers, not seeking answers, but seeking wisdom, not seeking doctrine, but seeking a way of life inspired by the radical love of Jesus Christ. Amen. So you might already know this, but we're calling 2023 a year with Jesus, right? Our, our focus is solely on the teachings of Jesus. What did Jesus say and do? And we really believe that our faith and our practice, our, our theology, the way we exist in the world, should really be Jesus-centered. We're not gospel-centered. We're, we're not conservative or progressive. We're not biblicists. Right? We don't worship the Bible. We're not followers of the Apostle Paul. We are Christians, and we want to be uniquely focused on what Jesus asked us to do and what Jesus did. And so we're spending a year with Jesus. And at the beginning of the year, uh, we taught through the Sermon on the Mount, and there's a lot to unpack there, and it was really, I, I, I really enjoyed it. Uh, but there's a lot to unpack in those famous sayings. And now, as we prepare for Easter Sunday, these next few weeks, uh, we're going to spend talking about what Jesus says about salvation. And Jesus says, he says really clearly in this famous verse in Luke chapter 19, verse 10, the Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. And he's talking about himself. Right? Jesus says that he came to save. And so I, I want us to look at what that means and how we participate in that. And we're going to look at these kind of images that Jesus gives for salvation. Like, like so much of what happens in the, in the Gospels, Jesus doesn't give like didactic teaching. He doesn't give who, what, when, where, and why of salvation. He gives us these pictures, these images, these metaphors for what salvation is. And so we're going to look at what Jesus says about salvation because I want, again, I just, I want us to know what Jesus says about these things. And not what our youth, youth minister said, not what some traveling preacher said, not even what your sweet grandma said. I want to know what Jesus says about salvation. And I am passionate about this topic because for a lot of us, the conversation about salvation has produced one of two emotions. For a lot of us, it just brings insecurity. We just feel anxious. Even when I, when I put the words Jesus and salvation together, you just automatically feel anxious. And I understand. I have sat with dozens, maybe even hundreds of people 
in the last 10 years of ministry who have fearfully uttered some version of, I'm not sure I'm saved. This is why the same kid walks down the aisle over and over and over again at church and at youth camp just to make sure just one more time there's so much fear and insecurity around the ideas of salvation. That's a lot of us and understandably so. And then for some of us, or maybe even the, the same folks at different times in our lives, it's not insecurity that the idea of salvation produces. It's arrogance or superiority. So we, we see and we hear that Jesus came to seek and save the lost, and we look out and we say, wow, look at all these lost folks. I'm found. Look at all these lost people. And we almost arbitrarily, based on our own metrics of ethics and morality, deem all of the world lost, but us found. And our ideas about salvation are really rooted in superiority, that we're better than other people. And so I'm hoping that on this journey between today and Easter, that we can diminish that religious anxiety. That we can push it down just a little bit. We may not erase it all. I understand it is deep-rooted in us. But that, that we can push down that religious anxiety. That when we hear that Jesus comes to save, it doesn't make us feel insecure. That instead we feel safe. It's, it's how we get the word saved. That we're safe now. That the idea that, that God would offer us safety and security doesn't make us feel insecure. It makes us just feel at home. That we can kind of take a deep breath about this. We can lower our shoulders a little bit. And I really think that if we can find our own safety and security, then we'll stop making other people feel insecure. Right? It's our own fear that we project onto others. We're afraid, and so we have to create these dichotomies and these uh, power structures that make us the good people and other people the, the, the bad people. So I think if we can find our own safety and security, then we'll be able to offer it to others too, which by the way, is really the whole goal of what we're doing here. Right? We spend time together hoping to experience God in some miraculous way, but ultimately so that we can be safe, so that we can experience some wholeness, and then so that we can give it away. So we're going to start this uh, conversation on salvation with this image that Jesus gives for salvation. Salvation as rebirth. And this is what Jesus says about rebirth in John chapter 3. It's a story you might know. John says, Now there was a Pharisee, a man named Nicodemus, who was a member of the Jewish ruling council. He came to Jesus at night and said, Rabbi, we know that you're a teacher who has come from God, for no one could perform the signs you were doing if God were not with him. And Jesus replied, Very truly, I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. How can someone be born again when they are old? Nicodemus asked. Surely they cannot enter a second time into their mother's womb and be born. Jesus answered, Very truly, I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born of water and of the Spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the Spirit gives birth to Spirit. You should not be surprised at my saying you must be born again. The wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it is going. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. So Jesus tells this religious leader, this, this guy, Nicodemus, who's really supposed to have a lot of answers. If you want to see the kingdom of God, if you want to enter the kingdom of God, if you want to be saved, you have to be born again. And I know that born again language might be uh, triggering for you, and that makes sense. But it is kind of coded language, right? Even Nicodemus doesn't understand. 
Right? He says, uh, ha, uh, Jesus, ha, how am I supposed to be birthed again? Am I supposed to re-enter a womb? I don't understand. But the heart of rebirth is this. If you want the kingdom of God, if you want to see it, if you want to enter it, if you want to participate with it, be willing to start over. Be willing to go back to the beginning. Be willing to rethink everything. Be willing to try something new. Be willing to not be an expert. Be willing to have faith like a child. Be willing to be a novice. Be curious. Be willing to be reborn. And this is being born again. It's not conformity to some religious piety or purity, but it's willing to go all the way back to the beginning and start over. And it's really like, it's step one of our salvation, of us experiencing safety and wholeness and restoration. And I hope you feel the freedom in this. But this isn't meant to be homework. But the freedom here is that you don't have to gain a lot of knowledge. You don't have to be an expert. In fact, you just get to be a beginner your whole life. There's no rat race. There's no pressure. There's no anxiety. You can live at the starting line. That's good news. Right at the curious moment where you don't know anything, you've only experienced love. You haven't clouded your divine experiences with so much knowledge and textbook learning that that experiential part of this goes away, right there at the starting line, that's where you find God. This is step one, right? You don't need to A, admit to God you are a sinner. You need to A, accept the reality that you don't have all the answers. Listen, the message here is stop trying to be right. You don't have to be right. And I know some of you think, Oh, I, I don't want to start over. It's going to take me so long to get all the right answers again. That's not the message here. That's not freedom. The freedom here, the good news here, is that you can lower your shoulders. You can take a deep breath. You can live as a beginner. No pressure. No anxiety. Because, listen, this might be hard to hear, but God is not particularly concerned with your biblical knowledge. God is not impressed with how quickly you can find a book and verse of the Bible. Your Bible drill time is not impressive to God. God is not concerned with your ability or inability to speak Christianese, to know the Christian pop culture. God is not particularly concerned with you acquiring more and more and more knowledge. God is not impressed. The message here is to go back, to start over, to live at the starting line. And this is good news. This is our salvation. This is how we experience safety and wholeness, not by pushing forward and trying to pretend to be an expert. No, we go back to the beginning. Curiosity, faith like a child. We're reborn. We admit that we don't have it figured out. We aren't the most right about everything, right? We don't have the monopoly on rightness. And we might need to rethink. In fact, we might need to rethink all kinds of things. We need to go back to the beginning and be reborn. Salvation as rebirth. One of my favorite things about pastoring a small church uh, is that I get to actually know you and know some of your story. And 
What I know about our community is that a lot of us have participated in something that's been coined as deconstruction. Deconstruction is really just taking an inventory of your uh, religious beliefs and then evaluating each of them individually and saying, do I want any of this? And um, it's a serious reevaluation of religious beliefs. And I know that a lot of you have done that over the last few years. And there's some religious leaders in our world who kind of point fingers or call names or are really just afraid of folks who are doing that inventory and that evaluation. But this is what I see when I look at our community full of folks who have done this inventory and evaluation. What I see is a community who is willing to be reborn. Right? You're asking the same question that Nicodemus asked. When Nicodemus shows up to Jesus, the question he asks is, um, I've seen a lot of things happen. Is this from God? Is this from God? And I think a lot of you have asked that question. Is the fog machine in the sanctuary from God? Is that homophobia from God? Is that patriarchy from God? Is that spiritual abuse from God? And what you decided is that if you want to experience God, you're going to have to go back to the beginning. You're going to have to start over. You're going to have to rethink. And I want to honor you today. If you have participated in that process of taking an inventory and reevaluating your beliefs, especially if you once considered yourself an expert in these things, it can be identity shaking. And I love being the pastor here because we have a whole community of people who are willing to be reborn. This is not a church for experts. This is not a community for the spiritually certain. We are a community of beginners, and I love it. I love living right at the starting line with you. It's full of curiosity and life. And if you have done that hard work of taking inventory and reevaluating your beliefs, then you have done the work of being reborn. This is step one of our salvation. If you want to experience newness, restoration, safety, wholeness, be willing to start over. Admit that you don't have it all figured out and then be comfortable not being an expert or becoming an expert. Go back to the beginning. For you, what does salvation mean for you? Right? Maybe you're just struggling to get out of the binary of uh, I am saved from hell, so I get to go to heaven. And um, I, I have to have just the right answers so that I'm saved from hell and I get to go to heaven. So when I say, you know, you need, you need to reevaluate your beliefs and go back to the beginning, that might be hard for you because you're saying, no, I have the right beliefs right here. And if I let go of them, I might go to hell. That might be what's happening in your body today. And I understand. And I wonder if that's the only thing you can kind of get to. And we're going to keep talking about salvation and maybe try to undo and unwind some of that false dichotomy. And I wonder if you feel pressure to be an expert in theology or spiritual things, religion, the Bible. Let me put it a different way. Have you ever felt ashamed for not knowing enough in a religious space, not knowing enough about the Bible, not knowing enough about church culture, uh, what you're supposed to do in a service. Have you ever felt ashamed? 
Right? Maybe someone referenced a verse you didn't know what they were talking about. Maybe someone uh, told you to turn to the book of Habakkuk and you thought it was a joke, but that turns out it's an actual real book in the Bible. Right? I, I wonder if you've ever felt ashamed. And if you have, it might be worth just noting for yourself today, you know what, I think I do feel some pressure to have the right answers. And are you willing to start over, to give that up, to be a beginner, faith like a child, to rethink and reconsider? And the real question about all of that, you know, all this reconsidering, rethinking, being reborn, the real question is, are you willing to change? Are you willing to participate in some kind of change? Change is hard. It's especially hard for some folks. Are you willing to change? Something is going to have to change if you want to be reborn. If you want to experience newness, wholeness, safety, restoration, be willing to start over. Go back to the beginning. Be reborn. There is no superiority when you're at the starting line. You're not an expert. You're just the beginning. And there's no anxiety because you don't know enough. Of course you don't know enough. You're a beginner. You're right at the beginning. Live there. Live there. Start over. Last fall, about four or five months ago, I was feeling a little bit stuck, and I wish that there were a better word than stuck, but that's really, that's just really how I was kind of feeling, just feeling stuck. And um, overall, 2022 was not our easiest year, uh, both personally and at the church. You know, at, personally, we, uh, we, we brought sweet baby Henry home in 2022, which is amazing, but also we had a newborn last year, and that can be hard, and Ellis turned three, our oldest Ellis turned three years old, and three-year-olds are also not easy all the time. Uh, the year three has presented some unique learning opportunities, uh, right? It's not always easy, and it was it, it was hard at times at home, and then we had a hard year at church. We had a uh, tough budget year. Uh, we had several break-ins. We had our staff uh, harassed and threatened uh, lots of times, um, lots of vandalism. And um, I was just kind of feeling like I was running in circles a little bit. I just keep dealing with the same stuff over and over again, not sure what to do, how to solve it. And so uh, I met with Rachel DeBose, who many of you know, but she's the, the chair of the Gather Board. And I shared that all with her, which is a testament to our board, um, that they are a safe space for me, that I get to sit with them and just go, I don't, I don't know what to do. This is hard for me. And we had a long, great conversation. And what I'm so grateful for is that she reminded me that we have a whole community of people who are committed, who love one another, who are serving and giving, and who love this place. And with that as the foundation, Rachel asked me one question, just one question. She asked, what would you do if you got to start over? Knowing that you have this group of people who are committed, who love one another, who are participating in giving and serving, what would you do if you got to start over? And I knew that we needed to find a place that could be more than just an event space where folks showed up to for 70 minutes on a Sunday morning. We needed to find a place that was more than just um a chair storage facility Monday through Saturday, and you can't see all the chairs in here, but it's kind of what our old building turned into, which is kind of chair storage. I say often that we're a family, and this family needed a home 
We needed a home to be together more than just Sunday mornings and more than just for worship. We needed a home to invite other people in, other groups, other nonprofits. Our family needed a home. And so gather in so many ways. Today is our rebirth. We are going back to the starting line. We are beginners again. And I just want to tell you as your pastor, I am not an expert at all of this. I'm curious. I'm living with you at the starting line. I'm trying. I'm learning. But I'm a beginner. And so if you're willing, I would love for you to join us right back at the beginning. Gather, this is my prayer for all of us today. May the safety, security, and salvation of God give you the freedom to begin again. Leave behind any anxiety and embrace the life of a beginner. May it be so. Amen. Gather. Go in peace.